Have you struggled to get everything done? Have you looked for every trick to be more productive? How much do you really understand about how productivity really works? This is Crushing the Clock, a podcast where we explore the nature of productivity so you can actually get back your time and energy, making a difference in both your personal and professional lives. Now, as we do go through this journey to better productivity, we inevitably run into different levels of stress and we need resilience to be able to help us manage the stress, but then also to increase our productivity. Today, we have with us Daria Svenger, and she has studied cognitive neuroscience extension uh, courses at Stanford University. She actually grew up in Russia and moved to LA a few years ago, and she started the Dream Sprint, which is a personal growth challenge that helps people who are looking for the next level in life to be motivated and then take action so they can be able to help find fulfillment beyond their career ambitions. Our goals are very much aligned in that regard. So Daria, thanks for joining us today. Of course, you're very welcome. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for this amazing introduction. And yes, I am in the United States for, I think, almost four years. And I used to live in San Francisco prior and uh, I'm in Los Angeles. So oh. I love traveling <laughs> and uh, moving places. I'm very excited for the conversation and to provide value as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we look at these different things, I think it's a good idea to start by defining a couple of things. So we are using the same language in the same way. And so if you were to describe what stress is, how would you describe that? Uh, it's a great question. The stress, it's a state. Yeah, it's our response of our, it's basically a primal response in our brain when it encounters some kind of change. So basically, when we are experiencing some changes, yes, on a day-to-day -day basis, this is how the stress arises, yeah? And the mm -hmm. more sudden these changes are, the more stressful we feel. So basically, each new information, each new uh, piece of uh, event that happens in our life adds some stress to it just by default because our brain is basically designed to stay the same and change. It's always associated with stress. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we record this in 2020, there's been a lot of major changes all over the place. So there are people that are experiencing a lot amount of stress. We have to learn to be able to manage that. One thing that you've talked about is being able to utilize resilience, the science of resilience to be able to do that. Can you elaborate on what that is and how we can be able to do that? Yeah. So basically, resilience is like a trained muscle in our body, which can be utilized without pain. Yeah. If I were to make an analogy, for example, if you are doing squats every single day, and if you are doing like a lot of squats, like 100 squats, it means that if your muscles are not trained, the next day you will feel pain and basically you won't have any desire to do this again. But when you train the muscle and do this over and over again, next time you have to endure such physical activity, it would be easy for you because your muscles are trained. Same thing with our mind, yeah? 
the mm-hmm. more we process change, the more we are able to create this internal dialogue with ourselves, reasoning that there is basically no particular kind of like what, what happens nowadays. We have a lot of threats and unknowns in our environment. Yeah, all this news that's going on, they just keep coming, the virus, like the social things, all other things, and they consume our attention. And when our attention is consumed with things which are actually not super related to us, like on on an immediate basis, we become stressed. But the reason for the stress, there is no productive reason to be stressed. Because in our body, stress response, it is designed to keep us safe and to keep us alive. Yeah. But for example, if we are just constantly reading about like death statistics, coronavirus, and, and all these other things that happening, these things that I actually, that they're not threatening our survival while we are sitting on the couch and uh, watching this news, yeah? They maybe threaten our su- survival if, you know, we are to go and to hug every single person, but there is no immediate danger. But actually, when you are reading all these negative things and looking for them, uh, your brain thinks that these dangers, they happen real time. And that's why you can feel stressed and in danger even without having any physical dangers around you. This is why we must police what type of information we are allowing to enter in our mind. Yeah, We must be conscious about what, what food we put in our body and, and what food we put in our mind. Because if we are to eat just chips and fries all the time we can't expect feeling high energy all the time yeah it's just like very very logical very logical thing to expect the same thing if we are feeding our brain only information which is really really negative in this case we can't expect our mental state to be you know you know to be to be resilient yeah, because resilience is not about just processing all the bad stuff it's about how do you spot when something negative is about to happen or when some piece of really negative information is headed your way and how do you reason with yourself like is it a good strategy for you right now to engage in this information would it help you to make like good decisions in life accordingly would it help you uh, save yourself from something or is just some weird form of uh, of entertainment yeah in in, in a bad way that, that you are allowing yourself to do. I'm curious though, because, because there's a lot of times that it's hard to be able to kind of, I guess, maybe take that first step to be able to kind of get over those, I, I guess, mental blocks. And so how can somebody be able to do that, to be able to get past the, those mental blocks that are stopping them from being able to make those decisions, to be able to move on to being resilient? Um, you mean when when a person is already in a pretty threatened state of mind and they can't focus on on things that they that they must do, or what mm-hmm. what do you mean exactly? Well, just when we're when we're finding ourselves in a situation and maybe we're getting overwhelmed, we're getting stressed, but there's a lot of times that maybe there's some kind of mental block that's stopping us from being able to focus and to be able to do what we need to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So basically, this is more about the resistance. Yes, if you want to know how to basically overcome this feeling of not being able to do stuff, 
and develop basically the skill of productivity doesn't matter what what is going on around you it's one thing yeah but if you want to just to remove yourself uh, from the stressful situation it's another thing yeah so in order for you to be productive to move yourself from the state where you literally don't know how to approach the tasks you must do because you're so frustrated with everything that's going on so in this case actually the exercise that i always offer people to do it's called the big perspective exercise um, and, and when we are seeing the big picture, it's hard, it becomes really hard to be super stressed. And basically, it consists of the first notion of we have approximately um, 1000 weeks in our life. Yeah. And our lifespan is actually pretty limited. And when we are able to, to realize how many weeks of life we already lived and approximately how many are left, after this exercise, my clients, they start to think about like, what is actually the purpose of being super stressed about this particular situation right now if it doesn't threaten the survival nowadays? But at the same time, our life is so short that people are just starting to live they think that they would start to live after they save up for retirement and finally retire. But at the same time, we can't just suffer through life. I think this is not the goal. This is not an idea. Because if the life is suffering, like, why bother? And I think such reasoning with yourself when you're constantly, um, when you're constantly able to bring back for yourself this awareness that your life is not forever, that the problems that you have right now, they're they are only right now. And you must be able to uh, actually reformulate these problems and to think about the strategies rather than to uh, be in a suffer mode. Yeah. And also I can share with your audience in a link, maybe after the podcast, I can send you this link with this calendar. And basically it's like, it's called Your Life's Calendar. And when you order a calendar from, from, from the company, I don't remember the name of the company, you are telling uh, how old you are. And then you are telling like your average uh, life expectancy, like how many years uh, you, want, you plan to live. And it's about 100 years all the time. And then they send you a calendar with the exact amount of weeks that your life is expected to long. And then some part of this weeks that the number that you already lived it's already crossed and basically the idea is for you to every week cross one circle you basically see how your life is moving and when every day you look at this at this chart and and basically it looks like a big artwork when you look at this chart and you see how more and more um square more and more circles become filled with, with with some colors yeah this is how your weeks are are running out and it gives an immense perspective when for example the stress for mail comes and then you see this piece of artwork on your wall and then you understand that okay do i want to live this week this way or actually i want to zoom out you know maybe choose some kind of different emotional response to the seemingly stressful situation that uh, you have right now that's interesting, but the way you describe that. So being able to kind of look at, at your, I, I think it kind of puts your life in perspective then that way you can see kind of the finite 
aspect and how i mean in a way our life is small compared to like you look at time in general and then just the time that we have today help us be able to focus on what we can do today to to be able to do that to do what we need to do so as we're talking about these type of things another thought that i have is sometimes we have trouble with our internal conversations that we have with ourselves because a lot of times we can be our own worst enemy in that there's sometimes when we have other people maybe it's even family members or friends that are being maybe negative towards some of the things that we're trying to do but a lot of times in our own head we have some issues with struggling with those type of things do you have anything to be able to help with some of those internal conversations that we can have Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, internal conversations, they are uh, the most impactful ones. And at the same time, it's really hard to keep track of them. Yeah, because they seem like absolute truth. But at the same time, when you start, the first step that I always recommend is to actually become your own secretary and literally write down uh, the thoughts that you have recurring over and over again. Yeah. And it may seem to you like absolute truth and what is the reason to write them down and this is so boring, why would I do this? And basically all the excuses that you hear from yourself about writing your thoughts down, it's actually self-sabotage and this resistance that happens when we are about to uncover something. So it's totally normal to have to have real resistance to do such exercise. But once you put it on paper and you see, and you see basically stuff that, that you can work with, yeah? Because unless you see something, unless you recognize it, you can't do anything about this. So the first step is to put it on paper. And then you can start to question like, is this, is this true? Is this absolute truth? Is this true for everybody? Or is this true for me only? If it is true for me only, why is that so? Yeah. So you start to basically reason with yourself. And a great exercise here too is to imagine that your best friend comes to you with these negative thoughts, which, you know, your friend wrote down on the list and they tell you and they literally ask you, can you please help me to process it? Can you please help me navigate what's going on? And imagine talking to yourself like you would talk to your best friend. And actually, people tend to give advice and tend to support other people much more than they support themselves. This is the paradox. And so when you are putting yourself in a position of being your own best friend, uh, it would help you to be more kinder towards yourself and to basically reconcile with yourself and reassure yourself that your thoughts that you have, these dark thoughts that you have, they are essential and not 100% truth forever. They are all negotiable. And when something is negotiable, you start to build from there and little by little incorporate thoughts that would at least be neutral and not bring you down, if this made sense. So yeah, this would be a recommendation for for quitting the self-sabotage talk. Yeah, so how have you utilized that in your own life? I used to be quite depressed for, for a year because of a sudden change that happened in my life, and this was immigration. I didn't know that it is really hard emotionally. And when I hit the States... I didn't realize that I was depressed for quite some time. I just thought that my life goes in a 
some kind of bad direction, that I'm not worthy, that I can't do anything, that all other people are better and all these things, all these horrible comparison things that are switched on when you have, for some reason, your confidence down. And this is how I utilize it. Once I realize that I want to move to another state of mind, and I realize that because in my family where I grew up, my parents are doctors and they're functional medicine doctors. So I'm from the family where basically people are always looking for a root cause and not just for to treat the symptom that's happening. So I saw my dark state as a symptom and not as a root cause. And I started to unravel, like, why do I think what I think? Why do I feel what I feel? And of course, the first step in order to start unraveling that is to uh, actually write down whatever is on your mind. And this is how I was writing down what's on my mind. I was pretty amazed by that. And then actually, I um, talked to my friend and showed her uh, my dark thoughts that I have. And um, once I showed her my dark thoughts, she was pretty fast in terms of talking myself out of that. Not myself, uh, talking me out of that. Now, I know you've developed a program or I don't know how you would want to describe it, but you created the Dream Sprint. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how it helps people? The Dream Sprint, it's a program for people who feel stuck or who feel they like they don't know how to move forward. And um, it helps them to gain clarity about what they truly want and then to figure out what the exact steps that they might take and actually to have confidence to, to take the steps eventually. My main innovation in this program is that it's 100% based on accountability because in many cases when people are in the pretty best state of mind, they have a hard time to get themselves to do something. Yeah, They have this immense resistance between doing any actions. And so during the trim sprint, it's basically like the system the same like in school. You have something to learn, something to be inspired by, and then you have an exercise that you must submit till a specific deadline. And so if you submit this exercise, you get a re- you get a reward. And if you fail to submit this exercise, you're deleted from the group. And then you can re-enter with the next group. But the thing is that you must do this program as a sprint and you can't do one exercise, then like skip to next and then do the next one. So why the dream sprint has really like a very high success rate, it's because it's really strict in terms of assignments and deadlines. And they are not complicated, like everybody can do them. But when actually people start to do stuff, this is how you regain confidence. Yeah, because confidence, what is confidence? It is when you're able to keep the promises that you gave to yourself. Yeah. So every time you break the promise to yourself, you become less confident. So the best thing that we can do getting ourselves out from some negative states is to have this uh, micro, micro goals, micro to-do list. Yeah. The small things that we promise ourselves to do. And then we finally do them. Well, excellent. How can people be able to check that program out and see if it might be right for them? Yeah. It's the dreamsprint.com. Sprint right. like a telephone company. 
<laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say as we wrap up? Anything you'd like to point people to or wrap up? No, I think uh, the Dream Sprint, it's uh, the right direction. If um, somebody wants to check it out, if you are in some bad place emotionally or you are unclear about what to do next in life. And uh, the gift is that first 10 days are um, completely free to try. And the work starts from day one. So you receive the accountability, the community, everything from day one. So if, uh, if, ha- if you have any doubts, you just try it. Make sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast in your podcast player of choice so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions or comments or you want more productivity resources, visit crushingtheclock.com. I would love to hear from you. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Crushing the Clock.